Electricast. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Gentlemen, last Saturday evening we had the shared and lucky opportunity to remember the reason we watch mixed martial arts and sports in general. We got to witness greatness. Israel Adesanya took his honor in his hands and risked it all in a display of guts and a chance at glory the likes of which we haven't seen in quite some time. Despite all the talk of his opponent having his number, defeating him at every turn, being an unkillable opponent, more monster than man, the voices didn't get in. The only voice that Izzy heard in his head was his own when he climbed the unclimbable mountain, felled the unfellable tree. In short, my friends, Israel Adesanya arrived in Miami, Florida last Saturday to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and it turns out, well, he was all out of gum. This is Check My Oil on Missing the Point. I have Matt Wilcox, I have Ben Peak, and we're here to talk about that Muhammad Ali shit that Israel Adesanya did uh, last Saturday night, um, as well as go around the rest of the fights and discuss our highs, our lows. We're kind of we're gonna go ahead and not talk about my betting successes uh, or lack thereof because I did not have a good weekend last weekend. In fact, I may be retired from gambling altogether forever. Matt did okay, I think. Um, yeah, and Ben's not really a gambling man, but we'll give out free advice. Um, so, Matt, I, I think uh, my first question to you is, is that the fight of the year so far? Uh, is that the knockout of the year so far? And I, you know, where what happens now? What happens with Israel Adesanya now? Because uh, everything seems to be pointing in the direction of, I guess they're not going to fight again. They're kind of one-on-one in MMA. But I guess they're not going to do it again. It's just going to go to 205. That storyline's over. Okay. Um, I guess I get it. I, it's For me, though, it's like... If there's still a chance either guy could win and and the, and the fights are tied up, I'd like to see it again. But I, I guess it's good for all parties. Um, so what happens now, Matt? And and was that, the, was that your fight of the year? So I think, you know, it's a little early because it's only 2023. But I think that was the fight of the decade. So far. Oh, oh. Yeah, I think I'm going to go fight of the decade. Knockout, playing knockout possum, playing fight. possum to the most dangerous striker the middle class, the middleweight has the ever middle seen. Middle class, Jesus, the most dangerous man. That the pro. Oh no, TikTok's going to be produced. so mean to me again. <laughs> the most dangerous <laughs> man God. a working class family could hope to achieve in sending <laughs> to combat sports. Listen to me, Ben. It's funny because I don't think Alex Pereira was ever middle class by any means. I think. I think he was oh, from the village, but that, that kind of stuff's still, do it. Stuff's important to you, man. I don't know. You <laughs> can just stop right. You can just stop right here. <laughs> I don't. I just to come in with the game plan against Pereira that I'm going to open up to some damage to wait for him to drop that hand is just. I mean, it's crazy. It's just crazy. I was listening to uh, Eugene Berman, his uh, uh, Izzy's coach, talk about the fear that they had going into the fight, knowing that the plan was. You're going to try and bait him with that left. I mean, it's it's just it's just crazy. It's the craziest thing 
I've seen in a long time. Um, as far as the fight not happening again, I'm going to, uh, you know, I kind of agree. Pereira didn't earn his first title fight. It was given to him by Izzy because there was a storyline to play. He came in, fought three real fighters, and was just kind of gifted this spot. I kind of agree with not doing the rematch right now. I think we're going to get a rematch eventually. I don't think there's any chance that Pereira and Adesanya don't run that back at some point. But an immediate, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think he's earned it yet. I don't think Pereira has earned it yet. But yeah, that's my fight of the decade so far. It was the, my favorite thing I've ever seen. And I, I think we should just launch right into the talk about taunting the child afterwards because, oh, my God. <laughs> so I delicious. It. I liked it. I genuinely liked it. I, I thought loved it. Was it. It's just so earnest of Izzy to stand up and go, man, I'm petty, huh? I'm real yeah. petty. Well, I, you know, I thought he sort of owned it. If he was going to do it, he's like, oh, I've, I thought about that for like a good, like really almost, almost 10 years and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, ben, is, it, is, it, is there any truth to the idea that he was playing possum and his plan was actually to let a guy that has knocked him out cold and a guy that is, has technically technical knocked him out in, in, a, in an MMA fight? Was that, was that really the plan? Are we sure? Man, you know, I've, I've watched that replay a few times now, and it gets more and more difficult for me to accept that that was playing possum. Because, man, Pereira was going in for the kill there, and uh, when he does, it's usually the end. Um, Izzy looked like he was getting hit with some hard, hard shots. And uh, if the goal was to play possum, damn, what a fuck. Like he really drugged that up to the end of the line. I thought that was, I thought that was about to be it for him. But we saw we saw those moments of greatness in the in the first UFC uh, fight of theirs when he he was using uh, he was throwing the jab, pulling the hand down, and then he struck over the top with the right hand, nearly knocked him out there. If the rack of that round had continued, I for my money, I absolutely think, I, I think Pereira would have been done. Um, but, in the uh, first fight, it was like the first round, right? Or the first, yeah, yeah, the first round where he like yeah, yeah. he clips him, he he wobbles him, kind of like he wobbles him in the knockout in the second MMA fight. But then he doesn't have time to follow up. The round ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, no, he, he looked like he was about to be go away on that. I mean, he was handily winning the first fight as well. I think to Matt's point about not deserving like another fight, I think if anyone was going to make that argument, it's like, well, he was also getting his ass whooped in the first fight before he knocked yeah. him out, and then he got knocked out. So. It was, <laughs> Yeah, Izzy was doing a great job of attacking from above, which is a, which is a difficult thing to do when you're either shorter or of equal height. But Pereira's hands are so low; even when he hits pads, his hands are low. It it just looks like he has total confidence in his chin or power. But uh, Izzy's overhand right caught him both times, and uh, this time he just was able to put him out. To answer your question, I'm not sold now. Now that I've talked myself through it, I'm not sold that that was that was the game. Me neither. Me neither. Um, the first punch looked like a Hail Mary to me. Like it looked like he was like trying to to just maybe slide off the cage and and get yeah. out there and like punch his way out. I mean, it's you know, it's been a it's been basically your your best bet as a boxer since 1902 to, you know, just punch your way out of danger when you're up against the ropes. Um, there's been like a lot of like phantom punch talk, like as he was like phantom punch, phantom punch, like Muhammad Ali. Now I did say that he needed to do some Muhammad Ali shit because it was, you know, the, the storylines didn't match up Rumble in the Jungle style. It's like, the George Foreman is a monster. Nobody, no man alive can ever beat George Foreman. George Foreman will take you out of your boots. Like, there was this, like, sort of boogeyman vibe going into his, uh, against his opponent, right? 
Phantom Punch, I'm not sure because it traveled from Tallahassee all the way around uh, around the bend in Kansas City uh, to, to meet us there in Miami. So I'm not I'm not sure what Phantom Punch we're fucking talking about. What I will say, and I, you know, I I I think Israel Asani is amazing for this sport. I I truly do, and I I think that was. Uh, a moment for a great champion and a moment that you see not uh, replicated too often. A, a situation like that, I, I thought this, the chip, chips were stacked against him a little bit. I think, I think that the, uh, the, what was on the line for his legacy and like what, you know, the, where does he go question we were asking on the preview show, but, and I also will give him credit for something that I've been complaining a lot about in MMA recently, the killer instinct to throw that second shot when he, when he gets him and this might, lend itself to the argument that he meant the first one but when he hits him before Pereira can even look back and like kind of see what's going on the next one's coming down the pipe and I think what really separates good fighters from great fighters in today's mixed martial arts scene is their ability to finish guys all up the card I were were stunning their opponents and not and not putting them away you know I, I always said like you know not to again bring up Conor McGregor, but the, if if there was certain holes in his game that you can make arguments for, the thing that I always thought he was absolutely elite at was if he smelled blood in the water, he would put his opponents away. He did that 100 times out of 100 when he was given that opportunity. Izzy did that same thing. So I, I love that for him. It's a fucking hell of a highlight. Um, I'm excited to see Pereira at 205. Um, but Matt, now what happens with Izzy? Because now we're back in that, like that whole storyline made him exciting again. You know, it, it felt very, I mean, to speak to the WWE aspect of this whole merger, but uh, it, it made it very like, ah, he's kind of a stale champion. What do we do with him? Let's introduce this monster that he has to defeat. Yeah. The, like you were saying, this Arthurian legend that they sort of crafted for him or crafted organically out of him. I mean, <laughs> not kind of. <laughs> but they were crafted, well, came about organically in his, in his career. Um, what happens that, now? What happens I now? That, I, so I think there's only two options here. Uh, I think that as you look down the card, fighters one through five, he's beaten almost all of them twice. Some of them, it would be a third, or I think one of them three times, right? So there's two people left in this little league of his that are right for a fight. One of them being a guy that we all hate in Sean Strickland because he's a human trash can. Uh, and the other being the guy that he wants to drag his carcass across Africa, and that's Duplessis. Dries Duplessis and Frank okay, so that's that's way more interesting to me. Yeah, the idea. Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, but the idea of fighting the guy that didn't earn the title shot after the last guy that you just fought, like his, you know, his sort of uh, the third place guy, if if you will, yeah. like those two fought to for a chance to fight Izzy Pereira wins, Pereira beats Izzy. You know, the rest is history. For to just go roll it back for Strickland, I don't know. Duplessis, we've talked about before on this show. It's more interesting. But I don't know. Stylistically, it's an interesting fight. Duplessis has fought nobody. Like, really, really, it's not a strong it's a big run. jump. It's a it's big what, jump. And that's what Izzy said. Izzy said, you have to show me something. Go beat somebody. So if I'm, if I'm Duplessis and I've already pissed off all of the African fighters by claiming I'm the only African fighter on the card. There's some apartheid vibes on, on that guy, though, because no, any white... Any white South African has a grandpa who was at the bare minimum problematic. Like, yeah. it's the, like you can't wash that fucking stink off you. It was too recently. It was too fucking recently. Dude. So, the, and they was charged. Like, they're back and forth. They're sort of like, um, they're like, Izzy doesn't mention his name. And then he comes back. Like, this stuff is already getting the juices flowing for this fight. I think Izzy would take him apart. But then the narrative is, is interesting uh, at the very least. Because there's, there's a little bit of that in it. 
there's a little bit of that in the mix. Yeah. The ointment, you know. So I do I agree. Heard, I just want to say this, just so we're we're understood. I listened to Dreesius explain himself what he meant by he's the only he's the only African that's in Africa, coming from Africa, training, whatever. Dude, you're 23 and me would say you're from Belgium and France. Shut the fuck up. How's that? How's that? It's such a bad. And you know what? I don't love creating a fight card based off of this. What are we doing? What is this? Invictus round two? Like, it's just gross. But I really would love to see Izzy just. <laughs> I hate. I hate the idea. I find it morally reprehensible and I would love to see it. But uh, I, let's take a look. I felt that way about the uh, I felt that way about the the sort of crowd shots on Saturday. <laughs> it was like I, I feel like I've seen about, I don't know, 30 to 35 small clips of people taking like selfie videos, like various like either prominent celebrities or like not at all prominent celebrities, like being sort of in the mix at that at that party. And that just was not a party I would want to be at. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, there was oh. like a lot of. Like, I just didn't love the guest list. Did you see Cowboy's shirt that he was wearing? Yeah. And Cowboy, oh, they wow. drag out. They drag his fucking corpse out for every show now just to, like, cut to him. And he's like, he looks no, great on steroids, it. though. That's his. Yeah, no, no. Dude, Cowboy's Jack. Yeah, that guy, on steroids. that guy pumped up. Maybe my favorite, like, combination knockout of all time. Mm-hmm. Cowboy Cerrone. Um, yeah. So, who? Uh, I forget. I was just trying to think of who the fuck it was that he had. Ricky Story? Was it? It was like on a, a McGregor card. I think it might have been the Aldo card. And he not like, Ricky Ricky story. The jab to the head, right to the body, right. And he like to folds the head. him over and yeah. he fucking kicks him in the yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, that, that was one. Ricky, oh, Ricky so the horror story. Oh, well, he lived up to his name. Hey, <laughs> um, that hat makes you so wise. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's gonna sell some E in Ibiza. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, it's interesting again at middleweight. There isn't a ton of prospects there, unfortunately. And Pereira going up to two hundred five, I think, is my overall point. Is a little bit of a miss. Um, I think he could go win the two hundred five belt, though. <laughs> I don't think he quite like Jamal Hill. I, I think he could beat that guy. Who do you uh, want to see him fight first? Straight to the title shot. He was just the champion at one eighty five. Fuck it. Who cares if he's if that's what we're gonna we're gonna peg him as? We're just gonna give him a, a cudgel. And have him go like knock champions off their perch, not give a shit if he if he gets fucking beat back once they game plan for him. Like, great, I love that. Um, I love that character. Uh, he's like the Undertaker of the of the UFC. Um, so that Gilbert Burns Jorge Masvidal fight was a little bit of a letdown. Uh, there was some uh, juice and drama after the fact where Gilbert Burns was like, hundred percent, man, he fucking would have had moisturizer on or whatever. And Jorge Masvidal was like, I don't play that shit. Um, I I was a little. I guess I was happy enough for Masvidal to get like, a, you know, he didn't get sent out on a fucking stretcher. You know what I mean? Like he didn't. I thought he was going to get fucking murked. Um, I, I was happy enough not to see him like have to retire in a very devastating fashion. Obviously, the the bizarre Donald Trump rant to end his career, notwithstanding. Um, but can't even uh, vote. yeah, I it's it's bad. But. I, you know, honorable enough, I suppose, entering the cage. You don't want to see anybody get hurt. Uh, but Gilbert, Ben, he should have performed better. If he, like, we were all talking about how ridiculous it is that Kobe was getting this title shot over him or over um, Bilal Muhammad or whatever. But you know what? Like, Kobe, he fucking puts asses in seats, man. And Gilbert Burns was given the opportunity to fight one of the most exciting guys in the history of the sport. And he kind of just, like, held him and, and beat him up, which was probably the smart play. But I think you should have taken a few more risks. Am I am I crazy to say that as as a as a as a pro in your head? It's no, like no. I, th- I mean, I I think you really got to put it down uh, when you get the opportunity like that. Um, e- even if you're going to go out on your shield, go out on your shield. 
um, like, uh, you're, you're at the big show, um, throw down a bit more. And what I know, Gilbert looked a little stiff and uncomfortable yeah. at first. Like, like, like he, he looked like he didn't actually trust himself to beat Masvidal standing up. Did he like um, he, give him too much respect on the, like, I think he had, he had too much respect for his stand. Yeah. I think he, yeah. like he could, he could bang with Masvidal if, if that's what he was training. Obviously it wasn't, but. Well, as, as we saw the fight start to go on, you know, he, he did get more comfortable and he started to open up a bit more, but his game plan was definitely more control than beating the hell out of him, getting him out of there. Um, he want, he wanted to control him up against the cage, take him down, so on and so forth. But, uh, um, Masvidal, Masvidal was looking old in there. Like the only a two year age difference, but the miles were obviously really wearing on him. The, yeah. the gap in, in, uh, in competition time. Um, I think the Burns, head movement, the head movement used to be elite. It wasn't elite yeah. anymore. The, yeah, yeah. The no longer speed. a student of the pool noodle. If yeah. I, uh, I have to guess. He, yeah. Uh, um, and, and you got to pick up on that when you're a pro, when you're at where, when you're at the top, like Gilbert Burns is, and you're getting those shots. Man, you have to be adapting as the fight goes on, and and he 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 started to pick up the pace a bit. But when you can tell that uh, Masvidal is trying to survive, not knock you out, pick it up, man. Uh, yeah, throw some bombs. Yeah, yeah, you got to take the risk. I mean, I still do think Jorge has like the ability to knock somebody out, you know, with it with a, at any given moment. But I also think it's like just trust your defense and just just try to put on a show because Matt, you're a lawyer. He didn't make much of a fucking case for for what we were all saying was the truth, which is he should be the next title. He should he should be getting the next title fight at, at welterweight. Um, but it looks like it's going to be Kobe, and honestly, that's hard to argue with now. No, it it kind of is, and you know I've heard more and more now that I hear all the things that happened behind the scenes, like Kobe accepted three fights that were all denied. Burns might have been one of them. After you see that fight, I kind of would rather watch Kobe fight fight Leon. Um, I think it's a really bad matchup for Leon style wise. I think five rounds. Of so was Kamaru Usman. Oh, <laughs> that's a good point. Like, <laughs> Kamaru fought him like a coward. I don't, Kobe is is just dumb enough to execute his game plan, and he's just gonna. I think he's gonna wear him out. I'm getting more and more excited for Kobe Covington fight um, against. But yeah, I was. Uh, I was really. God, he he just Gilbert Burns looked scared on his feet. He literally looked afraid until he was sure that Masvidal didn't have it, and even then, it wasn't great. I just I was I was disappointed by the fight. Um, I did bet it correctly. And I told people how to bet it, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice to see Jorge leave though. I'm, I'm kind of all, I'm all set with his antics. I'm all Jorge out myself. Yeah, I'm out. Thank Christ for on his, on, from his perspective, he threw that fucking flying knee against Ben Askren. That set him up for life. You know, that, that fucking flying knee set him up for life. He would have been scraping by as, as a former pro, as yeah. a journeyman trying to figure out what, what he was going to do with the rest of his life. Not everybody's been. You know, not everybody can also learn to code. I don't I see, know. I don't see Jorge Masvidal learning how to fucking code anytime soon. All right. It's yeah. just, it's not on the yeah. docket. So, you know, for, for his sake and for his family, I'm glad he didn't get too hurt in there. Um, I'm glad the damage over the course of the career was minimal. He always had good defense. He provided us a lot of exciting moments. I do hope he's actually retired though. Matt, you fucking should have listened to me about Rob Font guy. Oh my God. That yeah. dude came in and did his thing, buddy. He fucking knocked that kid out. Why didn't you listen to me about the old time? I mean, I know we, once we came around to the fact that he was from Lemonster, we all, I mean, I did sort of admit I thought he was going to lose, but he performed. It was a really good performance. Yeah, and, and honestly, if I had read the tea leaves on the card itself a little bit better, um, a, a, a young up and the young up and coming guy getting smacked down 
by a by a more veteran, smarter fighter was a theme that was rampant across this whole whole card. Whole so that's what happened. I think that Yanez is a good fighter. I think he'll be back. Um, but good for Rob Font, right? Great for Rob Font. Not good look, for you. Not good for me. Um, you know, I, I don't want our, our fans, our oil checkers to lose faith in me. I make dumb bets all the time. You're going to have to just. They're called it. the butt pluggers, Matt. Are they uh, the butt pluggers? Yeah, the official title is the butt pluggers, actually. We can uh, workshop that later, Ben. <laughs> so. <laughs> ben Peek and oh, the I, butt pluggers. Yeah. Hello, San Dimas. <laughs> um, I'm, I, you know what, Rob Font looked great. He really, I mean, it was it was an awesome thing to see, even though I wasn't pulling for it. Uh, I think we saw a lot of young fighters try and step up in competition this card, and they just weren't ready. They weren't. None of them. None of them were. I backed them all too. I know. Uh, me too. Ben, what did uh, what did Yanez do wrong in there? Was it was it a lack of experience, or is he just not as good of a fighter? Um, I I just didn't think he had it. I think Rob comes from. You know, uh, as much as I I like to talk a little bit of smack about Sia Tong, they they produced as far as Massachusetts goes the most successful top uh, performers in MMA. Um, when you when you think about uh, what's the other guy's name, I fought on his card before. Um, uh, who got uh, beat by uh, Max Holloway? Calvin Catter. Calvin Cater. Yeah, Cal uh, Calvin Cater. Um, However, the hell you say it. Um, <laughs> I, when, when it, whenever, whenever I interacted with Henley Gallant, I, I, I found on his, uh, he owns a promotion in New Hampshire. I fought on that uh, years and years ago. Um, nice guy, uh, very talented. I, he was fighting when I was fighting MMA as well, and then took some time off, came back, and and really improved. Rob uh, seems to kind of taken the same route. They have very crisp, very sharp boxing, and he was just the veteran that night. Um, Adrian looked like he was a little bit more wild. When I was seeing him get touched, I was seeing his punches windmill. When Rob was touching him and making him miss with his punches, those punches looked like they were going everywhere. Um, and you've got to be sharper than that, uh, especially at the lower weight classes, man, with a, with a sharp guy like Rob Farr. They're so quick. You, you, you don't have the time to make those mistakes. Um, so, you know, credit where credit's due to sit your tongue and rap Farr and... and Sounds painful as you say it. What was um? I wanted to actually ask you on air what the uh, context of your Instagram story was today because you put up a thing about the Boston Marathon bombing and then you said you trained with someone that was what happened there. Oh yeah, so um, uh, uh, Tamerlan trained out of White Crow, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so he, I I first met Tamerlan when he came to Worcester to wait. Hold on, which one was he? Tamerlan was the older brother who got killed. Um, oh shit! You see, so you knew that guy. Yeah, dude, we had some wars. That's cool. You could you couldn't have, like talk to him. You couldn't. <laughs> done, you couldn't have done something to stop it. <laughs> Don't leave it in. <laughs> that's fucked up. No, that's fucked up. I'm gonna leave that in. But I, I was fucked up. What's, that uh, that's take crazy. that out. Take that out, or I quit. Um, yeah. Uh, no. So it's, well, so at the time that was that was probably so I was around. Uh, 17, 18 at the time, um, when I first met him. And he came down, and I won't say any names, but he came down to Worcester, and he beat the shit out of some fucking kids that were considered some of the best boxers in Worcester at the time uh, around his weight class. Um, Then he was training at Y Crew um, with with Crew John over there. And and, and again, what always stands out to me is how talented talented he was for a heavyweight. Um, He was beating the hell out of everybody that he was fighting. 
And, uh, man, as, as time started to go on there, he, he left for a little while, came back around, maybe I think it was 2012 or something. So this would have been after right he killed, and no, after he killed Brendan. Um, so he, uh, him and, uh, Ibrahim, who was later killed during questioning, um, are, uh, uh they do believe that they committed that triple murder in, uh, in Watertown. Um, and, uh. That was before he left. He came back and he was essentially what they assume is fully uh, radicalized. Mm. Uh, and uh, man, when he came back to the gym, he was a different person. Um, he, uh, he wasn't really interested anymore. I will say, I just want to take the time to say the kid, Ibrahim, who they killed, and I know there was a lot of questioning around how that went down because he was being questioned by FBI agents and then was killed during questioning. Um, that dude was a fucking psychopath um and uh, there's a lot of questions that go into like do like how did that happen what did he lunge at the uh, at the fbi officers with like what actually caused them to shoot him i totally believe that he did something that there's there's a friend of mine who i've recently reconnected with out here in brooklyn john Karam. he's a little bit older he's like 38 right now um was training with uh, uh with ibrahim one day tapped him out um Ibrahim went and got a broom handle, broke it, and came back to beat the shit out of John for tapping him on, oh, wow. in the gym. That, that's what happens. Dude, I was totally twisted. Yeah, the, like, I, I still remember how shocking it was to see their faces and just, like, be like, wow, this, I can't believe all this. Never met the younger one. He went to UMass Dartmouth. Yeah. I'm told. Yeah, so what the hell did he? Couldn't talk to him. He roomed sure. bed. We were supposed to talk the next day. They had me penciled in. <laughs> The fucking you miss you miss these things by margin so slim, you know. Um, wow, that was an interesting story. Uh, I guess I'm gonna go watch that Netflix doc on the Boston Marathon. That's a free plug for those fuckers. Um, that's good because I honestly I haven't fired up my Netflix in a while. Ooh, yeah. not looking good over there. All right, catalog's too thin, you know. No. Um, okay, well that it was very interesting. I was engrossed. I was hanging on your every word, and the lesson of the whole story is. Why, why do you have new friends? I'm not into that. Um, I can't believe anyone knew that story. Um, moving on to Kevin Holland and Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, Holland looked good. I mean, he got the job done. Um, it's still, he's one of these guys that floats in between a uh, fight. He can't fight the best of the best, but he will crush the best of the rest. So where is he? I, I also, I'm not 100% sure I believe how much he gives a shit, which, which sort of, I mean, maybe that's just his personality. I don't know. And uh, I didn't want to put any money on him. I did end up putting money on him and losing money because I was, you know, just throwing good money after bad money at that point. Yep. Uh, because I didn't want to put it. I lost it because it was a parlay with that fucking Raul Rojas kid. We'll get there. Um, but I didn't want to put any money on him in the first place because that hand. And I mean, he didn't really even fucking throw the goddamn thing for a little bit either. And he obviously wasn't ready. And it's like, that's just it, like, it seems brave. But it's just irres irresponsible management of your own career if you're going to yeah. go in there and be like, fine, I'll just get ragdolled by Hamza. I don't even give a shit. Like, let's do it. I'll take any fight any time. And it's like, I, I know a lot of guys say that, but like, how, you know, your health is going to determine how much money you make in your career, Kevin. Like, be smarter. Where, who are the people around him? His people need to get smarter. Because he could have lost that fight going in with an injury like that. And his hand looked like shit after the fight. So, and he, you could fuck your hand up forever. Well, Dave, get, he, like, he only got cleared for four ounce gloves. On March 29th. So, Not, no. What are you doing? I mean, it's a, kind a of savage. Of I, I will admit it's, like, pretty savage. But it's weird. It's weird. Like, 
Like I can't, I, you know, we're just talking about this, this, uh, the idea of like these fucking people that are crazy, like really out of their fucking minds. Like you could see him having a psychotic break, right? Like one day you just hear that Kevin Holland is like on the fucking one-on-one freeway with like a, with like a machete. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, he broke his fucking brain broke. Eventually he makes the oddest fucking decisions. It does make him kind of a draw, but I mean, he does do some cool shit though. Do you hear that story? He uh, stopped a, an armed robbery. That's what I'm saying, though. It's like that 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 kind of life is unsustainable. It's unsustainable. <laughs> that kind of life is not. You're burning the candle at both ends, my friend. It reeks um, of John Jones, but without the skill. Yeah, but I mean, you know, John John's just out there hurting himself. He's and his. I, I've all I've always viewed that as a cop out, to be honest. Like, really? When, uh, That's interesting. When you, so like, yes, I think. Oh, I see like, what you mean. When you grade it on like the oh yeah, but he's doing cool shit. That's kind of that, that like cowboy shit out there is cool. Sure, but then you you have like the oh I'm injured and I just don't the built-in excuse. It. You always yeah, have like, the built-in excuse. BJ yeah. BJ Pent used to do that towards the end of his career when people were like, dude, if you just were training hard, you would still be amazing. But he would he would be like, oh no, I got uh, I got totally shit faced and I'm hungover. I wanted to see how I could fight hungover and all that stuff. Like, man, take it serious. And he and got I, weird. And I think, then he got weird after he went. Uh, super weird. They all, they all, they all, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, Ben. There's like a there's like a class of fighter where it's almost like it's easier for them to be in the shit than to have the dedication to be great. Yeah, no, built-in uh, excuses. I mean, you see it in sports all the time. It, there's, a I, I think we shouldn't beat this team. We shouldn't be able to beat this team. So, like, let's take the out. Because because Kevin Holland is supposedly a BJJ black, mm-hmm. um, but which like, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, you see him in there. He's he's great at the fun stuff. Yeah. The stuff that you have to work on is the shit. That stuff sucks. While fighting against the cage, getting back up, not getting held down, doing that stuff in training fucking sucks. Yeah. And he doesn't really see, like, when you see him in there talking and you're like, oh, that's so cool. He's like talking to you. So I don't think that's what he's doing. I think he's trying to make, like, because then you see the fight turn into what seems like more of a sparring match. He'll hurt the guy and be like, hey, man, you okay? Give him, like, he's not that. Your opponent isn't going to give you. He's not that about sort. It. He doesn't yeah, have that he, killer he's like, He's yeah, like he's just kind of trying to make it this calm. Like they stand at distance, trade three shots. The other guy trades three shots. They're okay. They make it out comfortable and safe or whatever. Or Kevin knocks him out because his power is fucking ridiculous. Which, you know, I think you know what I think. You're you're the, why you're hitting the nail on the head because it's. I'm remembering him fighting Wonder Boy, and Wonder Boy has this very nice guy image and he probably is a nice guy and like but he's still a top level athlete and i think he smelled exactly what you're talking about and when he started to put it on kevin holland and kevin holland had this like come on man i thought we were yeah you know, i thought we were buddies kind of reaction and wonder boy was like no bro this is like yeah. a this is my bag b like i'm not trying to get fucking knocked unconscious because i'm not fucking trying hard enough and like c i'm good enough to do this to most people so like and then it's like it was a reminder it was like you know, you can have these athletes and, and I often get swayed by athleticism. I think because of my main like background is in watching all the other sports. And I, I am so often swayed by the idea that a guy is just like bigger and stronger, but it actually means so fucking little if their technical skills are, are even one iota far apart, farther apart than they need to be for like that to go away you know what i mean like if if a guy is just technically like that percentage point better that that big strong at that at that level i mean i mean these are diminishing returns as you get higher and higher in the in the uh in the elite levels of this sport but like 
Wonder Boy was just like, I've fought a bunch of five round fights. Like, here we are. You know what I mean? Like, I've I've just fought a bunch of main events. Like, let's see what you got. And just it just got mean. He got mean in there. He was just throwing he was throwing shit with bad intentions on it because I think he smelled exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And honestly, I wouldn't put my fucking money anywhere near Kevin Holland uh, any, ever again because I just think he, I think that's what it is. It's something's not quite right uh, in the mentality. Matt, am I wrong? Am I way? No, you're, you're completely right. You're completely right. It's it actually Ben's me, point, so I shouldn't even say am I wrong. <laughs> you guys are both hitting the nail on the head. And it makes me respect people like Stephen Thompson so much more, even though he's like one of my least favorite fighters to watch. It's he gives a shit day in and day out. He loses really bad fights. He wins really close fights. And Kevin Holland's goofing around. He's just goofing around. Getting into well, fights. That's, that's, the, that's the thing, right? It's like, it's probably a bunch. Of, it's probably a lot of fun if you look at it a certain way. Showing up to Vegas that week, you know? Checking into the hotel with your boys. Fucking, yeah, it uh, sucks. Gotta cut, like, some more weight. But, like, whatever. We're used to that. That's just a mental game. Like, I think what sucks is when you're, like, not Conor McGregor or Jorge Masvidal or whatever, you don't really go around being famous, like, as, as a Kevin Holland, like, outside of, like, these fight weeks. You know, you get all this attention and all this stuff. I mean, this is a, a hypothetical. This is a theory, I should say. But it makes me think, like, you got to do all that work in the shadows. You know, I know it's a cliche, but you got to do, do all that work in, behind closed doors in the dark. Like, that, like what Ben's talking about. All the shit where it's, like, it sucks to fucking have to try to get up when, when there's a 500-pound fucking rushing on top of you in training. It sucks to like grind. It sucks to get up every day for really no reward because you're not even getting a fucking payday from training like 99.9% of the time unless you like fucking own the gym or whatever. Like you're, you're, you're working towards your payday, but that's all the work. The fun part, you could look at it like that's fight week. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like then you're going in to do what you do and like put on a show. Um, is, that, is that something you've experienced, Ben? I mean, like I, I, I would imagine to really be good at it, you have to try to learn to love training, but like, I'm sure you've come up against guys that just like didn't train hard enough and like were really talented. And it, maybe they're seduced by that a little bit. Cause like the fighting part, there's probably fun parts. I remember I watched yeah. Ben fight a kid that clearly had almost no training. He was just basing his fact off that he was just a big kid. He didn't even make weight. And Ben just taught him a thing or two about wrestling in a cage. It was awesome to see. And Ben looked like he was 14 at the time. And I think he was like 23. So, you know. No, I was, I was 19. If I, if that, that was at the Palladium. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I was 19. Um, that kid had no yeah. idea what he was walking into. I, I mean, so, so the thing is, I love training. Um, and, and that's why I'm still doing it today, despite, you know, I, I don't get paid for it. I'm not looking to compete anymore. But I do love that aspect of training. There are aspects of training, though, in Fight Camp when it does start to suck. Um, and uh, I can see if you're doing it for a paycheck, how easily it becomes the thing that you don't want to do and you just want to be famous. You want it. You want to get your face out there. You want to be doing media day so that you can. Dude, if you t if if I tell you every single one of these fighters would jump at the opportunity to do something else for a living, you better fucking believe it. And and. Kevin Holland, I think, is just one of those guys who's a little bit more in your face about his feelings. He doesn't he doesn't think twice about it. Um, it th th this guy would love to go do something else and not have to be in the ship for fucking eight weeks at a time, making weight, wrestling, going in there to fight. Like the fight is fun for for the most part. But, um, it, you know, you have to do the shit that sucks to quote Joe Rogan, unfortunately. And um, <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I. I, I'm not sure Kevin Holland is going to hit, hit. I don't think the longevity will be there for that reason. Especially as, as the sport gets more and more elite, as it gets more yeah. and more popular, what happens? Like new generations of fighters come in. Um, it's a good. So think that there's fighters on the same card like 
like Holland and then Joe Pfeiffer, who knows exactly who his next fight is, who the fight after that's going to be if he wins or loses. It's like they're polar opposites. It, the Kevin Hollands will not last long. Yeah. And, you know, you hear they're only you, you hear stories only told to you by the commentators some of the time about what these guys are going through outside of the cage. And, and you know, you don't want to assume with the Kevin Hollands of the world, world either. But, you know, it's like. You can have a bunch of crazy shit happen to you in life. And like if you have a regular job, a normal person job, you can like probably find a way to like compartmentalize and get through it. But if you're in fight camp, like and and so much of what's going to happen on fight day is your is down to your mentality and like what you, you know what you have to give on fight day is down to what you uh, were able to build up in fight camp and like the littlest things can throw it off like the, the littlest fucking things can fuck you up and like uh, you know i you might your last training session might have sucked worse than the day before that and like that gets into your head you know these are fine fine margins at the top and and the more uh, elite the sport gets the more eyeballs are on it the more kids per generation are going to join it i mean it's a great transition to this raul rosas jr kid this kid's an mma guy you know like it's, it's so so many of the early adopters of this sport and so much of the idea of this of the ufc promotion early on was what's the best fighting style this guy's elite at this one thing this guy's elite at this other one thing this guy's elite at this other one thing. Then everybody had to learn jujitsu or you were fucked. And then everybody, you know, everybody had to learn how to stuff takedowns or take people down or whatever. And now you're having like these all-rounders, these 18-year-old kids that were born when like fucking BJ Penn was like, you know, coming up in, in, in the combat sports world. And it's like, it, it seems to happen really quickly. But uh, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is because these margins are so fine, the jump of a Paul Rosas Jr. fighting a Christian Rodriguez and coming in with a game plan to just swarm him was fucking idiotic. Like, it was so stupid. Like, I, you just, I feel like I knew right away. I was like, because it was also a theme on the card, the very fucking first fight on the card. Those two girls fought, um, uh, Amarim and Sam Hughes. And Amarim did the same thing. She tried to fucking choke her out really early. She burned her arms out and that was it. It was all over. She just had to get stalked then for the rest of the fights. Exactly what happened to Rosas Jr., Got bumped up to the main card because of the fucking cancellation um, because of what's his knuckles that we just shit on of Chase Sherman um, <laughs> pulled out like shocking. Um, but yeah, I mean, the kid's 18 and and it's my own fault for losing money on him because like what what do you expect? Uh, ben, Sean O'Malley's advice. Um, I don't know if you read this or not was fuck off for two years. Go away for two years and get good. Go get good. You're good. You're super talented. Go get good, though. Like get really good. Get that actual grown man strength because I think that was like a little bit of the difference. Um, do you concur? Yeah, Ben, do oh, you man. think he's better served than like Bellator at this point? I, I mean, yeah, but he's here. Yeah, so what are you going to do? You, he, like he, He's in here. He's got to take the time and, he, and he's got to get stronger and he's got to get more comfortable on the feet, man, because when things didn't go his way, you can't be in fucking shooting for takedowns across Those are the bad cage. Shots. Holy shit. That looked fucking terrible and that makes like, me that makes me want the referee to just call it when when they're yeah that when they're clearly that tired it's like let's just be done because he's gonna get himself hurt like it's bad yeah yeah and he took but, an out but it, too. it's like yeah. but but he but the thing is he he is 18 and man towards the end it really did look like a man fighting a boy right and and um and, and, and that will speak a little bit to to Christian Rodriguez's skill because uh, Paul Rosas did come out and and kind of put it to him for a, for a few. He just minutes remained there. very calm though. He remained yeah. 
very, very good. But, but yeah, no, he took it, he wrote out the fire, and then he he just had his way with him. And uh, man, the, the kid needs to stop believing his own hype. That looks to me like somebody who has bought into what everybody tells him about himself. Get out, get away from this family training you, man. Whenever I fucking hear that, I'm like, that sucks. If it's your your parents or your mom or whoever it is in your corner and shit like that, man, that person is, is that's not the best person for you to be learning from. You need okay. to have somebody who who has a neutral opinion on 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 your success. Absolutely, and, and go get stronger. Go go get more comfortable with your stand up. Um, come back and, and take it slowly, man. Don't don't rush it. But when but you know we've been eighteen. I was eighteen. I was nineteen when I was fighting. I remember my first ever kickboxing. You said it on the you said it on the preview. I asked you this exact question on the preview. I was like, "What you know? What goes on in your head when you're 19 and there's hype around you?" Because there was when you were 19. I remember very clearly. I remember how people talked to you and talked about you, and you were like, "Yeah, dude, you feel like you can run through anybody," and that's exactly what we saw. You know, he just couldn't. He was the prince of Worcester. But but you you so believe it, and no one can tell you anything. You have to learn that hard lesson. And I'm hoping this was the hardest lesson that Paul has to learn to get back into the gym and just spend some time training and not an actual career changing ass whooping. It's pawns, right? You know, it's like you, every pond you're in. I just think you got to look around. It's it's like, okay, I was the biggest fish in this pond. And then, oh shit, okay. Like I'm going to have to change up some things to compete in this one. Any success I, I've ever garnered in my life has come with, like my ass hanging out in the wind you know what i mean you have to so like what to your point about his family like you got to get away from people that are going to save you if you fuck up you know like they're really going to tell you that everything's okay and you're going to be all right like you have to hear dissenting opinions there's a place for people that support you in your life but like on the job i really believe you should be going out there and like just riding solo and and forging your own team and forging the people like around you so that you know you can do it as well um, I can only hope it doesn't hurt his confidence too badly, uh, you know, in the long run. Yeah. I just think you're going to tell like a story it. about kickboxing, though. I actually do want to hear that story. Sorry. Yeah, I do want to hear it, too. Me? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, talking about oh being so, yeah, you know, so, that, so this was way before then. This was when I don't know if you guys remember this. When I drove down to Akron, Ohio for my first ever actual competition, yep. kickboxing. Um, and... Uh, Man, I, I went in there and um, I was nervous as fuck, but, I, but you know, I, I had been a boy fighting men for a while at this time, um, but I was a kid, kid. And um, I, uh, I, I won the first fight against another kid, um, but this was weight class based. So then I went in and, and I ended up fighting. If you guys remember, uh, I ended up getting a silver medal, the awarded medals. Um, I got a gold, I got a gold medal for one. Um, type of sparring and then I got uh, a, a silver medal for this other kind of competition. And um, I was so convinced after the first fight, I was so high on myself. I was like, I think I'm going to run through everybody here because it's like, I, it's going to be just like in my head. All you have to draw on is the experience. I was like, wow, this next fight is going to go just like this last fight. Went. Mm-hmm. And that was just from the, the depth of experience that I had, which was very low at the time. Um, and so then I went into the second fight and uh, I fought a man at however old I was, 14, 15. And uh, 
They should have never let that happen, number one. <laughs> I just, I mean, I mean, I, and I'm taking, I, I mean, this might be wildly inaccurate. I'm taking even those like crazy Muay Thai kids from yeah. Thailand. I'm not losing a fight for 14 year olds. <laughs> like, dude, I'm going to find a way. I'm going to fucking yeah. find a way. Like, no way, dude. <laughs> I, I, it's funny. I see that all the time and, and I hear the argument from people. Oh, well, you know, it's a weight class. And sure. But, you know, that there's there's 170 pounds of, of man and there's 170 yeah. pounds of boy. Like, they're just, yeah. it's, it's just yeah, dude, more dense. There, there comes a time when, like, I, I remember I was watching this kid fight who was, like, 8 or 12. Like, I think he was, like, 12 years old in Thailand or something like that. Skinny Turkish kid. Those and little kids are fucking, they're legit, though. <laughs> they're, yeah, yeah, it's crazy what they put those fucking kids through. But, uh, and, and he was beating up a, a man. A, a guy who looked like he was in his either late twenties or thirties, and I was like, they—they're just not showing the whole fight right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like they have—they it has to get to a point when the guy's just like, I can't let this get in. Anyway, there's a there's a sense of personal pride that you have to yeah. sort of react to. But yeah, I th I hope he does come back. Um, I think he that. Will the um the 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 whatever rocky dennis disease he has for him to like have be like a spokesperson and advocate for that across the uh across the, oh God, the so world of ugly. combat sports Jesus i think is christ dude it's it's bad i you know for somebody who doesn't watch the sport you know you get used to stuff um and i've seen his face a lot because i watch the sport i get on a podcast to talk about it i talk about it with you guys all the time i really enjoy it so i've seen this kid fight a couple of times that like, you get used to his fucking weird like melted jay leno looking fucking face but my brother and my dad came over to watch the fight on Saturday and they were like, what the fuck is wrong with that kid's face? I don't, if it actually is genuinely like a medical condition, I do apologize, but I'm um, called for. I think, I, I love the kid. I I, I think he's going to end up fixing this. I would love to see him with a coach like, uh, what's his name? Neil Melanson, uh, like the Black Zillions. Teach him all the shit he doesn't know. Make they're him not a thing anymore. But they, but they still are kind of. I mean, I guess they kind of are. <laughs> Neil Melanson's still running them. I don't know. It's kind of weird, though, isn't it? Because like all the Black Zillions were good. They're like, all great. Been like the greatest team that was ever assembled. But like, they're all well-rounded fighters. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Like that's what that kid needs. Yeah, uh, I, I do think is a team change to Ben's original point. Like, get go get go to somewhere like go get lost in the sauce at American Top Team for like two years. Like, just go, go learn what you go there and just fight fucking everybody that's at that gym. You know, like wrestle with the best wrestlers. Like what's what's great about that place in my mind is like, yeah, there's there's probably like a, a a selling point to a more boutique, like elite um gym. Like I think the like amount of American kickboxing academy guys to like that are elite to compared to how many they have is like a very small margin. And but like American Top Team has tons of fucking guys down there that you can just always fucking mix it up with. Like you, I bet you can just walk into that place. It's like the fucking mall of America every day. You can just go pick out what you want to do, you know? And I think that for a kid as good as he is at the age that he is, he should just go live that life for two years. Um, and you don't have to stay there. You know, I don't think that there's, you know, I, there's loyalty and there's, and there's things that, uh, that go into the sport and, and there's certain situations where coaches know fighters well enough where you should stick with that coach and, and they, they can augment your game and it's a long-term plan and that's great. But I don't think there's any shame in bouncing around gyms, to be quite honest with you. I think that it, especially if you're if you're trying to learn stuff that isn't as readily or elitely, if elitely is a word, um, <laughs> available uh, where you are. I mean, look at Cody Garbrandt. He got better when he left that fucking terrible uh, Sacramento 
<laughs> retired skateboarder gym. Um, but anyway, uh, God, that was a that was a bummer about Chris Curtis and Kevin Gaslam. I thought it swung Gaslam's way because of that headbutt that wasn't called. Yeah. And you got to put a replay si- situation in there for that because yeah. like that's why he went down. You got to let him shake the cobwebs off. In Fucking a bullshit, like that, man. Right? But I will. I will say this. The way Chris Curtis has continued to just cry his little eyes out about he it is has made me, oh, I care so much less. I was so on his team, and now I just like, I'm like, dude, shut It was just up. such a bummer to hear that it was, a, it was a headbutt because he had swallowed some real shots. Yeah. And he really was showing like a chin. And, this, and he also, I think he has elite boxing defense. I think the way he was rolling with certain punches, people were like fucking commentators. You think they'd watch this fucking sport or participated in him before. Oh, oh, and then you watch it back and he was just rolling. He just rolled with the fucking punch. You're like, he's fine. Or like it tips off his fucking shoulder first, like in a, on a small margin and eliminates all the fucking velocity behind the punch. That's perfect boxing defense. And that's really, really hard to do with four ounce gloves. Like that's just a fact, right? So watching him do that, I was actually, I thought he was winning the fight because that's what I was seeing. I did not have any faith that the judges were seeing it the way I was seeing it. But I was like, I don't know, man. Like Kevin Gaslam's head is hanging there like a fucking pinata, yeah. ready to get hit. And Curtis is is rolling. And like Ben said a couple of shows ago, damage, damage has to like accrue. That will sway the judges that there was a cut on Chris Curtis. But I just thought his I just thought his punches were better. You can't knock out Kevin Gaslam. That's not possible. So you have no. to factor that in. Um, I yeah, I agree that he did was is being a fucking crybaby about it. I would be pissed too. Uh, ben, what, what's your opinion on the actual official rule there? I mean, you got to get out of there, right? You got to give him like five minutes to recover. Like a groin shot, same, almost worse. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you've got to be able to take the full five minutes when a foul like that happens. That's why the referee Sucks exists. That's why, that that's happened why the rule. Didn't, didn't that happen to you? Or you got a nut shot? I've gotten nut shots before and I've hit in the dance post. Like it's, uh, it t- you got to take you had, the touch. I thought you got a headbutt or something that like, all, that like fucked up a fight of yours. You did. Yeah, um, he can't remember the headbutt was too hard. Didn't, oh, yeah, didn't he just lean into you and cut your eye during a Muay Thai fight or something? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember this because like been I hit watched, a lot. I folks. watched like a live. St- I watched like a live stream. It you got hit with a headbutt and they stopped it because of the cut. Yeah, but oh, oh, he's oh, been oh, hit okay. a lot. So it's, yeah. yeah. Can we start a uh, second yeah. podcast where we just take edibles and listen to Ben tell fight stories? <laughs> That's what this is. I'm high on edibles right now. <laughs> what do you think we're doing here? Yeah, yeah. No, that was. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, just to just to bounce through um, to finish up and bounce through the rest of this uh, card, the mm. Michelle Waterson Pinheiro fight was fine. I think I thought she got robbed. Way. Yeah, I, th- I thought it could have gone either way. I thought Waterson probably edged it, but I kind of knew they weren't going to give it to her. Kind of a bummer for her. Don't know what she does now. Um, the Joe Pfeiffer knockout was really good. Um, I was sitting on a live bet, ready to bet Mearshart if it made it to the second round. I was yeah. going to the money line on him if it, whatever it was, if it made it to the second round. Pfeiffer went in for the kill and he put him away. I mean, Mershart's, uh fighting style is he really puts the shart in Mershart as far as like, you know, it gives you fucking squeaky bum time uh, when you're watching him fight if you got any money on him because his plan every fight is literally to be like, I'm just going to get hit a bunch in the first and then we're, it's smooth sailing from there. And it's like not a good plan when a guy's really hard and good at There's hitting. There's no way they can just... <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, it's like Homer when he uh, when he yeah. when he becomes a boxer and then eventually has to fight the Dredrick Tatum, the Mike Tyson um, composite. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, like I, Homer; he's not going to get tired. Actually, <laughs> you can't 
this up, bud. Man, I, he looked fuck that that knockout was or not. I mean, I don't, I don't want to take anything. He looked done, though. He looked like kind of finished and a little oh. disinterested. And I, I didn't love his body language as a doctor in body language. I mean, he was just like, all right, I'm out of here. Fuck this. Hey, day. Yeah, yeah. You know, I needed that yeah. 150 to put into my like various portfolio. Maybe he's handling that money well and he's just going to ride off into the sunset. I have no fucking clue, but they never yeah. are. They never are. <laughs> Dude, they never are. <laughs> I just make some savvy investments with my uh, with my show money, and uh, now I don't have to get punched in the fucking skull anymore. It's like, nah, nah. I'm think, 42, and I gotta lace them up again. <laughs> I think the only one I've ever heard of was what, what's the kid's name from Connor McGregor and computer science. Uh, well, that's not really the same. No, you're right. You're right. Not the same uh, situation. But uh, yeah, nobody ever does well. Um, they make $30,000, they're on the top of the world, and yeah. then a month <laughs> later, the $30,000 is gone, and they're teaching fucking seminars. It never goes well. Don't never do it. Well. But huggers, don't pursue it. Yeah. <laughs> don't get punched in the face for a living. Take it from bed. Um, last thing I wanted to touch on, did you guys see that interview of, with Sam Hughes, the, the lady that fought very, very first fight on the early prelims? I don't know if you guys were tuned in yet, but uh, I, wasn't. I guess she... Uh, I guess she, in her post-fight press conference, was like, um, I'm just happy because my boyfriend said he put a grand on me to win. Oh. You can literally see, like, the the people, like, around her be like, bitch, are you fucking serious? You- and then, like, the journalist is like, oh, yeah, he put a grand, like, just goes in for the kill. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, he put a grand on you to win? Your boyfriend put $1,000 on you to win. He bet on you to win money? And did he win the money? Did he get the money? And like she was just like, I guess he's gonna have to take me out to a fancy dinner now. And it's like that's uh-huh. illegal. <laughs> I bet uh, it came from your bank account too, huh? Dumbass. Yeah. Well, we have a joint bank account. What's the big deal? <laughs> it's like, no, my friend, you can't do that. So I don't know. We might not hear from her for a bit because it's not like it's gonna be a massive loss in the talent pool. Anyway, um like I I'm a little bitter, if I'm being honest, because uh quite frankly, she They shouldn't be there in the first place. I agree. Edit it out. Edit it out. <laughs> leave it in. Greg, leave it in. Very quickly. I'm, I'm producing this one. Thank you. Uh, very quickly. Max Holloway, Arnold Allen. Um, if, you were, if you were trying to make back your losses, if you were me, you were trying to make back your losses on one big bet. Does Max still got it? No, oh, no. Nope. How good is this Arnold Allen kid? He's uh, persistent. He kind of has um. What what was the what was the weird Mormon kid's name? High volume, no skill. Uh, uh Sage Northcutt. Oh yeah, he's Mormon. Yeah, yeah, wicked Mormon. Like like has like twelve brothers and sisters. Sister wives. I don't know. <laughs> cool. I should rewatch. No, but, oh, he just he, so he just beat Calvin. Yeah. Um, who who Max uh beat pretty handily. Beat him in the second. Beat Dan Hooker, but a lot of people are doing that lately. Dan Hooker, you give me money. <laughs> I think um, I think Holloway's run into that same problem that your boy, uh, uh, what's his name, Cooey has run into. I think it's just like, age. Eventually, you're just. You know, I don't agree. I re- I honestly don't agree. I think this is the la- This is the exact same thing that you said about fucking Rob Font. And when you compare resumes, I'm looking at fucking who Arnold Allen's beaten. Dude, Rinaldi, Gilbert Melendez. Uh, I'm I'm 100 with you on this one, Dave. I think Max is going to take this. I think Max. Who did Max just that. lose to? Fucking Alexander Volkanovsky. <laughs> like, come yeah. on. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. give me a break. And it wasn't, it was, it was not close. I will agree that like that last fight, Volkanovski like went up another level and Max maybe decreased another level, but no, Max has got this. Come on. We have to yeah. believe in, in the old guard. This is, this, these are my people. The, the Max. Dude, it's the Tony crazy Ferguson's that he's the, the old guard. I, I remember his first fight in the UFC when everyone was talking about how young he was and he got beat by uh, Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier was, was Max's first fight in the UFC. And, uh, he fought um, Connor he and Connor like wrestled him because he tore his AC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, good for him for, yeah, for having the career that he had. A um, yeah. couple other f- good fights on that card. Edson Barbosa's fighting. Uh, he'll he'll always he'll, he'll he'll always lose. Always. He'll always lose for you when you need him to. Um, yep. Yeah. Well, I love his kicks. Player. They're fun, but um, he's gonna lose. Again. He's got a he's got a fast kick, not a hard. Yeah, it's kick. fast. But I've never seen it really. I mean, I know he's knocked a couple guys out with it, but like not the not the elite guys. Once he hit a, a couple of those elite guys full force with that kick, and they were like, "No, sir." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 that's not that's not gonna work around here. And Clay Guida is fighting on that card, who was always a ton of fun, a ton of fun to watch get knocked out. All right. That was fun. Uh, I really enjoyed um, last weekend's card. I really do think we are spoiled with these pay-per-views, and it does make me uh, even somewhat forgive Dana for brushing up against fascists. Um, Thank you guys so much for coming on to the show. Um, We said some maybe controversial shit here today, and I'm going to leave it all in. So for (laughs) for, uh, Ben Peek and for Matt Wilcox, this has been and always will be Check My Oil. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the city of angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your hosts for the the Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour.